You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is up, 49ers faithful? This is John Chapman back with an episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. And I understand it's been a few days. <laughs> Took a four-day break off from the Super Bowl. Just from recording, I have not been resting idle, however, as the NFL draft is it's approaching. You know, we got the combine coming up very, very quick. And, you know, I've been working on a lot of draft stuff. Got 25-plus pages of notes. Got a lot of help coming in from the interns as well, which I want to give them a shout out later, but um, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Now, this episode, again, the last time that you guys heard from me was Sunday in Miami directly after the game at the stadium. <laughs> if you guys didn't watch that quick guy, eight minute, whatever. Uh, but what I wanted to do today, and I, I understand everybody's in a different place and there's no issues. I have no qualms with that. Uh, you know, we just finished our offense and defensive breakdown of the Super Bowl performance. Um, the good, the bad, the ugly, and all things in between. But I wanted to kind of put to bed the 2019-2020 season. And it took me a while to get to this place, you know, being gone for the week in Miami, which was amazing. And I can't say enough. All the people that came out to Miami and we got to hang out, met so many uh, fans of the podcast, listeners of the podcast, which was so cool. Uh, got a party, have some drinks with some people. Got to have a good time with Frank Gore, which was really, really cool. He came out 
to the pep rally we threw um, at Pitbull's uh, restaurant, which was a blast. You know, <laughs> complete sellout, by the way. So you cannot say thank you. Sell out in a good way, not a bad way. Uh, completely sold out the venue. Uh, we had waiting room outside. It was great. Um, it could not have been a better experience in Miami outside of the end of the game. Um, but what I want to do, again, just thank you to everybody that's come out. And again, for those of you that are planning to head out to Las Vegas for the NFL draft, we are working on setting another meetup in Vegas. So we're not done. (laughs) We are not done. We are ramping up already, moving forward for the next season because guess what? There's so much positivity with this 49ers franchise, the roster, the coaching staff, the front office, top to bottom, fan base, all those things. We're just getting started. We knew that we were in a rebuild, and that's going to happen whenever you fire two coaches in their for after their first year, back-to-back years. But you bring in Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch. You turn things around. I was hoping for a 9-7 and seven year this year. We go 13-3, and three, blow out the NFC throughout the playoffs. Number one seed, get to the Super Bowl, almost win it, and come up just barely short. So you should be very, very excited about the future. And we're going to spend some time talking a little bit of free agency, a little bit of draft. We've got a lot of stuff to get to, but I also do want to jump into um, top and bottom performers of the Super Bowl because I think it helps us kind of springboard into the offseason of where we need to improve. Because I put a couple things out there on Twitter on some obvious people that I want to target in the NFL draft, and we're going to spend a lot of time on that draft. So don't you worry about that. But Here's the issue. People are getting mad, um, and that's okay. If, if you suggest a wide receiver or if you suggest a safety or a, you know offensive lineman, whatever, this team has depth everywhere, but there are definitely some holes. And I, I think that the, the Super Bowl helped exploit for the 49ers some of those missing pieces. And so I want to be able to you know look back honestly – and kind of summarize exactly what happened in the Super Bowl a little bit. We all know, we've seen all the posts, we've seen the game, we've seen the breakdowns, but just from a different angle and kind of see exactly why it went the way that it did and move forward from that. Um, So that's what I wanted. Today, this is the moratorium. This is, (laughs) we're putting it to bed. This is going to be the last time and then it's all eyes forward. I've got a lot of stuff for you guys in the draft as well. And also, I do want to say, you know, in Miami, we were giving away uh, these bad boys here. These are the, uh, I guess, official whatever. I just got them as giveaways for Miami. Again, just these 49ers Rush podcasts. They've got it mentioned on there. Solid red sunglasses. They're awesome. They're nothing like really fancy or expensive. I got them as giveaways to uh, Miami for people that came to hang out and everybody loved them. It was awesome. We gave away over 200 plus of them, but I've still got quite a few. Um, And a lot of people, whenever I posted that on Twitter and Instagram and all those things, they said, hey, we want a pair. Uh, Please save us a pair. So I have those for you if you want them. And here's what you got to do. I don't I don't want to make money on them. That's not the goal. But uh, to ship them is going to cost about eight bucks <laughs> a piece, which is a bummer because I don't want them to get to you broken or anything like that. But if you want to get, uh, you know, a couple pairs of the 49ers Rush podcast sunglasses as whatever, if you want those, all you got to do, I put my PayPal in the uh, description of this video or podcast, wherever you're listening. 
And here's the deal. Uh, it, it's 10 bucks. You just PayPal me 10 bucks. I'll send you a pair of glasses. I'll get those mailed out to you. Just make sure in the comments you put your address um, on there so that I know where to send it. So the PayPal is on there. It's jonathanlamarc at gmail.com. That is the PayPal address. Uh, 10 bucks for one, 15 for two. Uh, pairs if that's what you want or if you, you want to do we can do four for 20 not trying to make money off these I'm just trying to get them out there to you guys if you want them a lot of people express interest in that so that's that's what's out there uh, so if you want those glasses they are there for you so here we go let's jump into ah man the film tells such an incredible story and if you want to go through the entire offense and defensive game film and all that stuff and see what I do with the draft prospects and all my film breakdowns, uh, head over to Patreon, type in 49ers Rush Podcast, join the Frank Gortier. You have all that access to it. And it's about to get crazy. You know, we do two hour-long videos every week of the season, but draft time is crazy. You're going to get a lot, a lot of draft content, so uh, a lot of video breakdowns there. So head over there if you want those. Now, the film is never as good or as bad as you think it's going to be. But man, I walked away from all of the film that we did, which there's two plus hours we put up in the past two days. You walk away positive. There's some there's some weaknesses as there are with every single game. But the 49ers offense and the 49ers defense, I'll show you the offensive film for the first half of the podcast. Here in about 10 to 15 minutes, we'll swap over to defense, and you can kind of see that. But again, if you want to see the whole thing, uh, patreon.com is where that's going to be. Now, the top performers uh, offensively, let's talk about that. Not much of a shocker. Uh, Joe Staley was the highest rated player with the 84.6. Kyle Juszczyk, who almost had two touchdowns, which, uh, you know, not a lot of people saw that coming, but he was a vital role, even though he didn't get a lot of targets. He only had 23 snaps for Kyle Juszczyk and, you know, was just insane how great he was in the red zone. Uh, he had a 76.5 grade. Lakin Tomlinson, 73.6. Kendrick Bourne coming up clutch, 72.1. And Debo, 72 grade. Now, also tied with that is Mike McGlinchey with Debo right there, right at that 72 number. Now, it, one of the lowest ranked games for George Kittle, and he still finished positive with a 70.1 he did miss a couple run blocks which is definitely not characteristic of him and had some wide open looks that you know Jimmy Garoppolo missed but he played wonderfully well as he always does you know going one-on-one -on -one against Frank Clark was a lot of fun you can see that uh, highlight on there where <laughs> George Kittle blocks him and then Frank Gore starts talking trash like you can't block me and George Kittle's just like I, I just I just blocked you like I just just did block, <laughs> which is great as always. Uh, now the bottom five, Jeff Wilson Jr. only got four snaps, uh, 50.2. And, you know, another telling thing is that Jeff Wilson Jr. was activated. Dante Pettis, he was a healthy scratch. And Matt Breida didn't get one snap on offense. So a lot of telling things going into the offseason. I can guarantee you this. You're probably not part of the long-term plans if you are a healthy scratch from the Super Bowl or if they have to activate the fourth running back just so you don't get playing time. So, you know, the Matt Breida and Dante Pettis time period it looks like it's almost over in, in San Francisco. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if Pettis gets a little bit more time uh, just because they invested so much more in him. You know, Matt Breida, who I love, undrafted free agent. I don't think that there's a lot of quote-unquote loyalty to him or investment in him, but you traded a second and a third round pick to jump up for Pettis. So 
You know, we know that he's got all the skill sets that you want. It's just in between the ears mentality and consistency with his hands. So yeah, I do think that Pettis will get another opportunity in the postseason, but definitely cannot count on him moving forward. Uh, also of interesting note, Justin School, you know, you look at what happened with Joe Staley, who was the number one ranked player and played wonderfully well the whole time against uh, Frank Clark, literally dominated him. Um, Justin School stepped in for him when Staley re-aggravated his hand injury. He only went in for six plays, but not Brunskill. You know, Brunskill has been a fan favorite, and he has played right guard, right tackle, left tackle, and has done well everywhere. But they sent in Justin School instead of Daniel Brunskill uh, for that quick, you know, two uh, six play series. So th that's interesting to me. So if we look long term. Is School the guy moving forward at tackle? Is Brunskill the guy? Is Brunskill the interior guy? A lot more questions after the Super Bowl with the way that shook out than beforehand. Uh, personally, I thought Brunskill would be the guy to go in at any of the interior positions, whether left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right guard. I thought it would be Brunskill 100%. But uh, we'll have to see what happens there. Uh, Levine Toilolo only got seven sacks, 57.9, and Emmanuel Sanders had a 60.1 grade. Uh, so that's the offensive, you know, top and bottom grades. But here's the thing, and, you know, you want to address the question. I see some of the questions coming through here. You know, why did the 49ers lose this game? There's several reasons. Number one, we got away from the running game. If somebody would have quoted me and said, hey, the Kansas City Chiefs are actually going to run the ball and have more rushing attempts than the 49ers throughout this game, I would have called you insane. There's no way in hell 49ers get blown out by 40 points if that's the case. I would have never guessed that. We had 22 rushes. They had 29. And we averaged almost seven yards a carry. No clue why we got rid of the rushing attack that was working nonstop. You know, we get the ball up 10 points with, you know, just over nine minutes left, and we run a minute off the clock, go three and out, and then the rest is history. I really think if we could have just ran, 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 like we did in the divisional game, like we did in the NFC Championship game, I think we would have had a different outcome, but that's okay. And so what you do as a fan base is this. You don't take it. You get pissed off. <laughs> pissed off's natural. We put a lot into this team, and we ride the ups and downs. And so you want to finish, and you want to cross that finish line number one. But you don't do the Twitter a-hole move. I want Kyle Shanahan out. Let's get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. Those are stupid. <laughs> those are dumb people. And if you're one of those, that's okay. I'm allowed to call you dumb, and you can call me dumb for my takes. Obviously, you're here. Some of you guys do all the time. But you take it and you criticize, and you say, man, I wish we could have done that differently, and you learn and you move forward. But you don't try to replace Jimmy Garoppolo and call him a weak link or any of that stuff. The dude went 11 for 11 during one stretch and would have been the Super Bowl MVP if the 49ers won, rightfully so. Uh, there is no doubt which quarterback played better in the game, and it wasn't Patrick Mahomes who was completing maybe 50%, one fumble, two interceptions. The only difference is Patrick Mahomes, he finished, and Jimmy Garoppolo didn't. Uh, that was it. That's the only difference. Uh, the, the, the best three passes of the game were all by Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think that's debatable at all. Um, you want to talk about all of the calls or non-calls. 
every one of them benefited uh, Patrick Mahomes. None of them benefited Jimmy Garoppolo. You've got the negated pass inter- offensive pass interference versus Kittle for the first half. You talk about those things, all of the non-holding calls, which I go over repeatedly in the breakdown that's available for you there too but you can't if you walked away from the Super Bowl saying Patrick Mahomes is the best ever and Jimmy Garoppolo is not good you didn't watch the game and you don't know what you're talking about the stat line doesn't show that the film doesn't show that now those last three drives Mahomes went did amazing for in those last three drives Garoppolo did not he was hit helmet to helmet and punched in the face on another one but uh that's okay you take it and you move on so let's get to just a couple of questions uh that are in the chat and again if you want to put up a question please just at me at John Chapman as always and if it's your first time listening to us welcome we're here all year uh, we're going to be moving into free agency draft coverage. After the draft, we're going to be doing uh, 49ers game night where we do kind of like a trivia of NFL draft and all that kind of stuff. Uh, got some people working on that now. We are here nonstop. We are going to back down our schedule just a little bit to uh, probably two episodes a week uh, instead of the four or five or six episodes during the playoffs. We got a lot of recording in this year, but uh, if there's some things that you guys want, we've got some football one-on-one videos, so if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, just type in John Chapman or 49ers Rush on YouTube. Uh, we will pull up. Make sure you hit subscribe over there because uh, we're just going to keep loading film. We're going to keep bringing content. Uh, that's all we know what to do, and if you have anything that you want covered that's not out there, reach out to me at jl underscore chapman my uh twitter dms are always open or 49ers rush podcast at gmail.com um, i am here for you guys whatever it is you want from mr superfly 87 at john how you been since sunday my guy it's been a rough struggle no lie it, it the good thing is it's been real busy. I'm a teacher as well. We had our formal dance last night, so I didn't get home and into bed until about uh, well after midnight. But uh, the school has kept me busy, which has been nice. Uh, some family time, which was needed after Miami trip. So just kind of regathering and reassessing and trying to set the stage and the blueprint for moving forward. Uh, I want to improve at all things and that's the podcast that's what i want what's up alan uh glad to see you back with this man uh excited for what is to come and again alan asked this i love our linebacker core but they had a bad super bowl you're exactly right drake greenlaw i i think i'm ready to make this claim and this is crazy because fred warner is amazing i think drake greenlaw is our best linebacker I think he's the best linebacker the 49ers have. And again, Fred Warner got six all-pro votes this year. Quan Alexander is one of the highest-paid linebackers in the NFL. Quan Alexander had the worst three-game stretch of possibly any linebacker in NFL history <laughs> in the playoffs at Super Bowl. He was bad, bad, bad. And I love Quan, and I think that he will rebound very, very well. But he was he was trash man in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, coming back from that injury, we haven't seen Quan uh, like what he was before the injury. It, whatever that is, mental whatever. I'm excited he has the whole offseason his uh, you know under his. He's got to be able to get back to what he was. I, I think we're going to see Quan of old. But make no mistake, the two starting linebackers for this team are Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Uh, you want to rotate in Quan? that's fine. He is not going to be an every-down starter moving forward. Dre Greenlaw is here to stay. Dre Greenlaw is one of the best linebackers in the NFL. What he did the second half of the season after Halloween moving forward, 
Uh, bananas. I, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, you could argue the 49ers have the best linebacking core in the NFL. It's going to be hard to argue against that. It really, really is. They are that good. I'm with you, Alan, completely. Uh, not the best um, Not the best postseason. You can say that for sure. Now, uh, just a couple other things just moving forward. Again, thanks always um, just for joining us. Matthew Flores, any word on Jalen Hurd? No, I mean, his back... That's a weird one because it's not one of those that has a timetable, Matthew. And so, you know, Jalen Hurd, his back is, you know, it's what it is. I did get to run into Jalen Hurd's mom at the Super Bowl and talk to her for a little while. And she said he's doing well. And I, I don't know what else to say outside of just taking her word. You know, I didn't want to press her too much. I just told her I was a big fan and, you know, I run a podcast. Is there anything you'd like to, you know, the people to hear? And she just said, yeah, uh, he's doing well and he's ready to get out there and contribute. And if you know anything about Jalen Hurd, he's one of the fiercest competitors that there are. You know, with his time at Baylor, with what Matt Rule does, and I'm curious to see if he'll do this in Carolina. He's now the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. They allow the players to vote for the single-digit players jersey number-wise. And Jalen Hurd, I mean, I think he was the number three. I think he got number three. But he was one of those single-digit players that the the players themselves voted on the toughest players. And he's a wide receiver. So you've got this kid that was a third-round pick. And the 49ers don't have a lot of picks moving forward, right? We, we know that. We traded our second for D Ford. Love that trade. We traded our third and fourth for... Emmanuel Sanders and a fifth in return. We needed Sanders big time to make that Super Bowl run. I'm not sure we do that without Sanders. But that leaves us somewhat hamstrung whenever you look at the picks moving forward. Now, the good news is Trent Taylor's coming back. Jalen Hurd's coming back. DJ Jones coming back. Julian Taylor's coming back. You get to keep going. There's a lot of players that we are. We had 16 players on injured reserve. You know, not all those guys are coming back with free agency and whatever else, and we'll spend time on those. But this team is a deep team. And we saw this last NFL draft, uh, you know, where it's not just draft guys and plug them in. It's hard to make this team. You know, we cut David Mayo. He started half the season for the New York Giants. We draft a tight end, Caden Smith. Guess what? He started like five games for the New York Giants. Now, I understand the Giants are a bad team, but we're cutting fifth, sixth, seventh round draft picks that are starting for other teams. And so this is not a team where it's just like, oh, spend all your draft picks, get them in here, compete, and maybe they'll play in two years. No. Our fourth running back is should be starting in the NFL, Jeff Wilson Jr. That's just what it is. Matt Breed is going to play somewhere. Probably not going to be for the 49ers. Maybe we bring him back because he's such a stud special teamer. But something's going on with him and Kyle. This team is deep. It really, really is. So what is it that you're going to do? You look at all these players coming back. Um, you look at the running game. You look at the offensive line. Where do you find a weakness? And I think it's got to be the wide receiver and safety positions. Um, you know, and with that, let's jump over to some defensive film. And so, like, if you are watching this, you can see the defensive film coming up. I, I think that this is huge. It, 
I, I tweeted this out earlier today. And so if you guys follow me on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman, I said, you know, these are the coverage ball skills of the 49ers defenders. And what I did is I put up all the pass broken up and interceptions of every player on our defense. And we've got a lot. And at the top, it, it's very obvious where the strength of this team is. Richard Sherman had 13 pass breakups, five interceptions. Mosley, despite only playing half the season, 12 pass breakups, two interceptions. Warner, 11 pass breakups, two um, interceptions. Then you drop down. And at the very bottom of this list, it's Jaquaski Tart, who had a terrible Super Bowl. Um, he only had two passes defensed on the year with zero interceptions. He's not a guy that makes big plays for your defense. He's he's a guy out there, and he's good. He's starter level, but the 49ers are past starting level. We need playmakers on this defensive side, especially whenever you look at the pass rush. Here's, here's the crazy stat. Nick Bosa has more pass breakups than Chikwaski Tart, who started, I think, 15 games throughout the year if you're counting you know the the playoffs and super bowl tart just doesn't have ball skills he just doesn't have it he's not around the ball despite being one of the very first reads for every defensive team we play against zero interceptions two passes defense now jimmy ward who is a free agent he had eight passes defense and zero interceptions so if you look at our starting safeties we had zero turnovers from them. Now we did have a couple forced fumbles, but we need guys that can if you want to upgrade this team, I want ball skills on the defensive side of the ball. I want interceptions, I want pass breakups. That's what I want. Especially with the pass rush that we have and the great corner play that we have. And whenever Nick Bosa has more pass breakups than your starting strong safety, that's a problem. That's a problem. Buckner has two pass breakups. Drake Greenlaw has two pass breakups. Uh, Armstead has two pass breakups. DJ Reed has two pass breakups, who hasn't even played, what, 50 snaps all, all year? He has the same as start. That's problematic for me. So, you know, as we move forward to the draft, I'm telling you right now, I want a safety. That's what I want. I want Grant Delpit. I want Xavier McKinney. They might not be there at that point. That's okay. Those are my draft crushes. Let me have those. <laughs> we'll get to the film and all those other things. But uh, but I think that's what I want. And there are some problems on this defense. Now, Brandon, he says get rid of Spoon. I don't think that they will. I think, you know, Spoon's upside is still huge. He had nine pass breakups, one interception on the year. And I think that you want him to compete for a starting job. You know, mostly, as of right now, you know, you're looking forward 2020. You've got Sherman. He's a must-start at corner position. I do not want to move him to safety. He has had a hell of a year. Probably one of the top five years a corner has had in the NFL in the past decade this year. I'm not ready to move on from him. Uh, you look at that play that, you know, he got beat deep by... Uh, Sammy Watkins, one, it was a legal formation on the left side. Both wide receivers were uh, on the line of scrimmage. It was, it was an illegal formation. Play shouldn't happen, but whatever. He stepped out of his frame, bit on the outside uh, kind of stem, and then got beat. But he, he kept up with whoever was on his side almost the entire time. Sherman's fine. I think he's better than fine. I think he's great. Should have been an all-pro corner this year, but the voting's weird as hell, whatever. Mostly, I think he should be the starter, but... The coaching decision should be this. Mosley and Akella Witherspoon are competing for that opposite corner job. And you want to draft a corner, a top-tier corner in that first round if somebody falls to you? Don't mind that. Yeah, no. Yeah, Trayvon Diggs is a player that I really, really like. Um, I would love for him to be drafted as well. You know, he's the 
related to Stefan Diggs, and I think that he would be you know one of those players that could step in. Uh, he's cornerback for Alabama that could step in and play corner or safety. He's played both sides. He's got crazy ball skills. Uh, that's what I want. That's what I'm looking for. Now, if we take a step back real quick, you know, I don't want to get rid of Spoon, as I said, but if we look at the defensive grades of the Super Bowl, these are the top five, bottom five players. Nick Bosa was the best player on the field. Either team, offense, defense, don't care. Nick Bosa was crazy. 12 pressures, sack, strip, fumble, tackle for loss. So uh, he was everywhere. Nick Bosa's un- unreal. Now, Tarvarius Moore was the second highest player. He played five snaps, got an interception, a third down stop, and then the pass interference. Now, I will say this. That pass interference was pass interference. There are a lot of calls that you could say are just absolutely a dog manure <laughs> in that game. Uh, lack thereof calls, whatever. I do think that was pass interference. He didn't make a play on the ball. He didn't turn his head around. Uh, he did initiate contact. Uh, all those things, whatever. But Tarverius Moore played great. I'd be fine with Tarverius Moore being a strong safety, but for some reason, our coaching staff loves Tart. Um, I would rather have Tarverius Moore in there, but I know we're not going to do that. So let's get somebody who can. DeForest Buckner had a 73.1, Richard Sermon 72.8, and Jimmy Ward a 66.5. He was great in the run game. Uh, he He's the one that gave up the huge play on that third and 15 that kind of signed the end of whatever. Now we flip to the other side, and this is huge. Okay, um, The bottom players. Quan Alexander, 24.6. Earl Mitchell, 29.3. Solomon Thomas, 33.7. Fred Warner, 40.3. Sheldon Day, 46.6. And, you know, if you look at Tart finished with a 64.6, but basically no stats whatsoever. He just was the guy that was out there. The game plan for the Kansas City Chiefs was simple. We're going to attack the defensive tackle, not named DeForest Buckner. Earl Mitchell's out there. We're running at him. Solomon Thomas, we're running at him. Sheldon Day, we're running at him. Success against all three of those guys. Blown off the ball repeatedly, um, out of their gap. I don't want any of those guys back next year. I want to be honest with you. I love Solomon Thomas. I think he's a great guy. I wish the best for him. Don't want him playing in this defensive scheme. Uh, I am fine cutting him. Now, you don't get any salary cap help. I just don't want him on the team. Um, the amount of mistakes that he makes, it, it, it's time to move on for him. And I really believe that. Now, maybe you could package a sixth and Solomon Thomas and get like a fifth back or a fourth back. I'd be fine with that. I want him gone. And one of the biggest weaknesses of this team is that interior defensive tackle spot. Now, it's sad whenever you draft an interior defensive lineman with the number three overall pick, and he's a rotational player that still costs you even when he's rotating. But uh, I I want those guys gone. Now, if you're the biggest DJ Jones fan, that's fine. Um, But if you look at where the 49ers are picking currently at pick 31, that's a sweet spot for a few positions. Wide receiver, that's a need for the 49ers. Safety, that's a need for 49ers. Interior defensive line, that is a need for the 49ers. Uh, I think those are one of these spots that will be drafted. Now, a lot of people keep saying, why not go out and get an interior offensive lineman? That's a major need for this team and a weakness all year. Kyle Shanahan just does not value guards. I don't know why. (laughs) I agree with you, especially whenever you look at how Chris Jones kind of took it to our defense in the fourth or offensive line in the fourth quarter. But he, he values tackles and he values centers. 
Uh, he does not care about guards. So I, I don't think that he's going to spend a first. We don't have a second or a third, so he's not going to spend th those either unless he trades up. But, yeah, obviously I wish we would draft a guard. I'd be happy with the right guard. I just don't think it's going to happen in the first round. Really, really don't. But you kind of see just going through those numbers kind of where the weakness of this team is. The opposite defensive tackle of DeForest Buckner. Safety position's major weakness. And obviously, Quan Alexander, which you don't want to move on from Quan. Uh, very excited for what he's going to bring for the future. But he, you've got to be honest and say, man, he was he was really bad. <laughs> he was really bad. Now, a um, couple other things just real quick. There was an amazing article that we just threw up on the site, NinersRush.com, N-I-N-E-R-S Rush.com. And, you know, it's written by Jonathan Barut, and he did an awesome job. It's from 2017 to 2020, the evolution of the 49ers, and he does a super in-depth breakdown uh, through analytics, through all kinds of stats that are awesome, and why this team translated to what it is now. And, I mean, he just goes back through some amazing – I mean – He's breaking down things like Eli Harold and Ruben Foster to now and comparing and contrasting what makes this team so different from the past. Head over there, NinersRush.com. Check that out. Also, um, again, just want to say if you want to take part in getting one of those sunglasses, I want those to be there for you. Again, PayPal, Jonathan Lamar C. It's in the description. Uh, $10 for a pair, $15 for two, or $20 for four if you want to get them for the family. I will get those sent out to you. Just make sure in the comments you put your address. Um, I'm not making any money on those. Just trying to get them out to you. I've got a bunch of them, and if you don't want them, no big deal. But uh, anyway... That's going to do it for us today. Uh, we do have a lot more content. Uh, I'm going to be recording the next couple of days, and we're done. I'm done. I'm done with the 2019-2020 season. Obviously, we're going to reference back some of that stuff, but it's eyes forward. Where are we going next? And the draft, the scouting combine, that's what's going crazy. And again, uh, stay tuned. I've already got my tickets and everything set up for the draft. I will be out there. Uh, I'll be recording live from Vegas and kind of bringing a lot of stuff to you guys while we're there. But if you want to come out, you want to party, you want to have a good time with the 49ers and be live at the draft, it's one of the best experiences. I've been at seven in a row now. The NFL draft is how I got my start and journalism and writing and all this stuff podcasting that's where i got my so i love the draft always have been a huge draft nick i was the guy that would buy madden simulate the whole season go to scouting in the draft and go through that whole process so i i'm i'm excited and I think that the 49ers have a chance to improve and make their team better despite having, you know, not a lot of top-tier picks. But there's not a lot of holes. There's not a lot of holes. We're top five in the NFL and returning starters already, and that's before free agency. And we might be able to bring some of those starters back. So uh, stay tuned, as always, for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And if you haven't already, please hit that like button. And we will be back with you guys soon. And stay strong, faithful. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.